time. Rewind. This is Dope Nostalgia. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to Dope Nostalgia's 155th episode. And I'm your host, Naomi, as always. What's really exciting about this episode is we are talking to a classic Canadian girl pop vocal band that I was a big fan of in the early 90s, West End Girls, from Vancouver, British Columbia. And the coolest part is we got all three original members, Camille, Amy, and Silvana, to be on the show. I couldn't believe it. It was such an exciting show to put together for you guys. So without any further ado, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about West End Girls. Wikipedia Moments. Please bear in mind that Wikipedia is not to be taken as actual 100% fact. Any donkey could edit it at any time. If I'm reading you the artist's bio, that stuff is the real truth. West End Girls were a Canadian pop band and girl group formed in 1990 in Vancouver, British Columbia. The band was formed in Vancouver by producers John Dexter and John Livingston and consisted of three teenage girls, Camille Henderson, Amy McKenzie, and Silvana Petrozzi. After several months of performing lessons with Henderson's father, Bill Henderson, the lead singer of rock group Chilliwack, the trio recorded and released their debut album, West End Girls, on Johnny Jet Records in 1991. That album produced the Canadian top 10 hits, Not Like Kissing You, and this one right here, I Want You Back, which was obviously the remake of the Jackson 5 hit, as well as the top 40 singles, Say You'll Be Mine and Show Me The Way. Petrozzi left the band in 1992 and was replaced by Janelle Woodley. In 1993, shortly before the release of the group's second album, Henderson also left and was replaced by Celia Louise Martin. In 1993, the band's new lineup released the album We Belong Together, which included the singles Are You Sexin' Me, Pure, and Sexy. Their second album wasn't as successful as the first one, and they did break up the following year. Shortly afterwards, the group's record label released a remix album of some of their earlier hits. They received a Juno Award nomination for Most Promising New Group in 1992, and they also toured with Roxette on the Canadian leg of that group's 1992 Canadian tour. Mackenzie later joined the Canadian R&B group D-Crew, and their single Show Me sampled the West End girl single Show Me The Way. Petrozzi and Kane later formed Pacifica, with guitarist Adam Popowitz, bassist Toby Peter, and percussionist Elliot Polsky. Their first album, Asuncion, was released in 2007, and their second, Super Magic, was released in 2010. Kane also released a solo album in November of 2012. Henderson later toured extensively as a backing vocalist for Sarah McLaughlin and performed lead vocals on Delirium's track, Duende. She is now a vocal coach. Woodley later formed the pop group a Perfect Day with Joseph Herekka, and they released the album All Over Everything in 2004. Martin has done occasional acting gigs. Now, I don't know too much about the two girls that came into the group later. I was blessed that I was able to get a hold of all three, Camille, Amy, and Silvana, the original OG girls, the West End girls. Welcome them all to the show, starting with Silvana. Well, I want to start by saying welcome to Dope Nostalgia. Thank you so, for having me. 
It's been a really excellent couple of years um, doing this show now where we get to talk to people who had huge careers in the 90s and see what's going on now. And as I remember a tween, I got to see you live <gasps> when you were working. You were opening for Roxette. Oh my gosh, you were there. That's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fantastic. And I think like, I well, I know I had your cassettes. And I felt that you guys were such a great influence for young people, young ladies like myself at that time. Oh, that's like really, really meaningful. Thank you so much. No problem. So I always wanted to have you on the show and discuss like what it was like for you during that time. Now, how did you personally get into the group? Um, at the time, I had just moved to Vancouver as a teenager and I was in a like an alternative pop kind of underground little band with um with one of the boys that I'm still in a band with now so we played like um basically we we started to get a little following from the high schools locally in Vancouver and we played a show at a theater with a bunch of other bands and somebody who was um connected to the production team that put together the West End Girls watched our show and approached me in regards to the group. So that's how I became involved with the, with the, with the girls. And what was the experience like for you recording your debut album and, you know, becoming the West End Girls? What was that process? Wow. Like? Um, well, for me, I, it was really uh, whirlwindish. The girls are lovely. So I made really nice friendships with both of them. And Camille and I are still super close. And Amy's a delight. Nice. Um, I took on the group because the boys that I was in the band with were really keen for me to do something in in the way that perhaps that could also open a career for this alternative band to also happen. So for me, it was an exciting project, but it was a gateway towards uh, a career in the music industry just because I really loved writing. So this was a put together group. This was not trying to pretend that it was anything other than that. Mm -hmm. And it was actually a really beautiful experience. Camille's dad produced the vocals and the record and everybody involved was very excited. So yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun. I'm really glad you guys enjoyed the whole ride. That's definitely important. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Did, you, did absolutely. you get to, did you get to see a lot of the country or was it just kind of like, go, go, go? I think touring is really an interesting process because it's one of those things where you uh, we had a crash course in what it was like. We were young and we all had different levels of experience in different parts of the field. Mm -hmm. And um, in regards to myself, all I can say is that it was, um, there was a lot of promotion and a lot of uh, unexpected things that when one looks back on it, at least when I look back on it, I think that youth was definitely on our side because when I didn't know what to expect, it made it a lot more interesting and less daunting, mm. you know, but I think um, a little bit scary as well, because I was a teenager. Mm. I'm being very careful not to speak for the girls in general. I just want to speak for myself because. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
it was uh, an interesting time of life to have people's attention on me just mm -hmm. because I was just becoming who I was. So the amount of attention we got in the speed in which we got it was something that I was definitely aware of. And I tried to just take each day at a time. Mm -hmm. It was really fun though. The experiences were great. Um, looking back in hindsight, I can't believe we played these big, huge places and we didn't really, <laughs> we didn't really realize how big it was probably. Well, I, I guess when you're in the middle of it, it's really hard to see what it looks like from the outside, right? Yes. When you're in the jar, you can't read the label. <laughs> I like that analogy. Totally. <laughs> totally. Now, what shows like the TV appearances and such did you enjoy the most? And who are some of the favorite hosts that you got to uh, work with during that time? Oh, I think it was pretty classic that to be on much music and sit across from Erica M and just be these young girls and her asking us to sing or do something. And we just kind of looked at each other and we sang Oh Canada because we had just done a national anthem for a big, uh, like, a, like a stadium football event or mm -hmm. game. And so that's all we could think of at the time. And I think that's really funny. Um, much Music was great. Um, just, you know, Terry David Mulligan at the time too, he was doing the West Coast aspect of much music. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I've worked with Christopher Ward as well from, I don't think he interviewed us, but I did meet him afterwards. So there were a lot of people, they were cool. It was a cool vibe inside the much music studios, you know? Yeah, I can only imagine. I've had the yeah. opportunity to have Erica M on the show as well. Um, yeah, she and... was nice. Great interviewer. Oh, fantastic. She's, she's incredible. Yeah. Um, who did you get to meet that was a big influence on you? To be honest with you, for myself, uh, personally, I think because I was new in a way to Canada and to Canadian art, I met people and didn't recognize how big it was that I was meeting them. Mm -hmm. Roxette, they were incredibly professional and I'm sure you remember that show. She was flawless. Oh, she was flawless. You know, that was, she is like one of my vocal idols and she yeah. was, Marie was like who I wanted to be like as a singer myself. Yeah. And I feel like it's a huge loss that she's It's gone. a huge loss. It's a huge loss. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was impressive every single night of the tour that we did with them. And, uh, that was quite awesome. It was a, a great opportunity. Yeah. Did you get a chance to chat with them at all? Or, or is it we said hello, we said hello, but it was extremely professional backstage. You know, she mm. was doing her prepping and we respected that. And we all had different levels of ways in which we had fun. And mm. uh, for myself, I think perhaps I was very much between Amy and Camille. I was very much the middle ground in my energy, like I could be extremely playful. Amy's, she was very playful. And uh, Camille is more seasoned and grew up with, with um, the arts and the music industry. And so may, perhaps she was a little bit more serious and more professional and I kind of drew the line between them. Mm. Yeah. What's um, album track or deep cut from the music you made together would you wish had been a single? Um, 
probably the track that I sang, which was Say You'll Be Mine. I thought it was romantic and pretty sweet. And, but um, having said that, yeah, I liked the slower tracks. I liked Show Me the Way. I liked. I love Show Me the Way. I love Show Me the Way. It was. I think our voices blended really nicely when we sang in that way. So yeah, Show Me the Way was a, it was a strong track. forward when West End Girls had become over basically yeah um, what did you do during that time and what led to Pacifica starting up well I left after the first record that the West End Girls put out they mm-hmm. did subsequently I'm sure as you know put a second record out and uh and I left before the second record mostly because I wanted to write and, um, and I, it wasn't really that type of a project. Yeah. So I just continued writing and continued making music. And what led to Pacifica is that after traveling and leaving Canada and moving to Europe and doing art and making music in predominantly in Spain, I came back and I reconnected with Adam, who's my longtime friend, who I was in the band with when I was first seen with the West End Girls and with Adam and uh, Toby Peter, who was on tour with Chaos. We, the three of us just started making music and um, it just felt really good. And it's been feeling really good ever since. And so we're still at it. I know there's good news coming up. Luminous out this year. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Thank you. Thank you so much (laughs) for your interest and for, you know, taking the time and for, I think the nineties were a really creative time. It's a cool thing that you're exploring it. Yeah. I just felt like we were putting this podcast together before the pandemic, but at 
it was something that we felt was really needed during that time. People needed a, little, a dose of happiness. Yes. And, and, yes. and memories of good music. So that's yes. why it, it's been fun. <laughs> yeah. And I agree with you. I think it's important to keep ourselves above water and music has the capacity to immediately take us back to whatever time we kind of felt really good in. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Before we wrap things up, I was going to ask you, uh, how, how many languages do you speak and sing? Uh, uh, I speak two really well, <laughs> Spanish mm -hmm. and English. They are, I use them both um, just as much. Like I'm completely fluent. Spanish is my first language and mm -hmm. I can defend myself in French and I really love French Canada. So I do the best that I can in French. So I would say, yeah, I guess two and a half. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. So cool. And you had a solo album out as well. Can people still find that streaming? Yeah, yeah, they can. They can find all of the Pacifica records and they can also find Sylvana Kane, La Jardinera, which is a very um, gentle kind of lullaby album with songs that I grew up with. Yeah, that oh. was a that was a fun project. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. And before I wrap this up, I always ask people what kind of food or fashion trend toy etc makes you nostalgic for the 90s Ooh, for the 90s you know back then when we toured we had oreos on our rider mm -hmm. i don't even think i've eaten many oreos since but if i had to think about it like as young girls we would get back in the tour bus and we would open the oreos and we would eat them so that i would say that the West End Girls reminds me of, of that for sure. Oh, well, great. And I really appreciate you today. And thank you for the time. Oh, I'll thank you. Please like say hi to my girls for me. I will. And I'm really happy that you guys are still in touch. That's yeah. lovely. We had a really good experience. You know, it was fun. It's been so long since someone pleased me. So I
thank you, Camille, for coming to Dope Nostalgia today. And I wanted to start with asking a fairly simple question about how did the idea for West End Girls got off the ground? Well, I it was a it's the idea was not ours we had never met before Mm -hmm. so this was sort of the beginning of you know those girl group boy group things that happened in the 90s um and this was sort of both uh sorry um built on the like a motown kind of concept by producers Mm -hmm. so um so johnny jet records it was their concept they held big auditions and saw lots of saw lots of people and put us together yeah yeah um yeah so it's kind of crazy how it all how it all worked out we had some adoptive sisters is how it felt nice how, and your dad was your he involved much in in getting everything together musically or no not really he was he was pretty uninvolved until we were recording Mm-hmm. And um, and then it was just really helpful to have someone who was a singer to help mm-hmm. with producing the vocals. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. So he right. he helped us out there. When I was a tween, I saw you guys live opening for rock sets, and it was I was so much a big fan of you guys. Like I Aww. was telling Silvana that I thought you guys were such a good influence on young girls like myself. So. Thanks Aww. for that. Aw, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, what was the rock set tour like for you? It was an amazing opportunity. I, um, yeah, I was in art school at the time and had to make the difficult decision because I was super into it. The The school that I was in and just started second year and had to make that difficult decision of like, okay, apparently I can't juggle both anymore. Mm. <clears throat> so I have to make a decision. And there is a tour in stadiums opening for Roxette. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I can go back and finish my degree later. Of course, that never happened. But um, huh. yeah, that's how that's how it goes, which is, you know, which is great in some ways. So but yeah, it was it was amazing. What an opportunity to be in such a huge venue and to open for such a great, great band. Yeah, I was a huge fan of Marie. Always mm-hmm. will be. <laughs> oh, what a singer. So good. Mm-hmm. And um, who were some of the peers in the industry that you got to meet at the time that you bonded with or some of your influences? Oh, that's interesting. Influences and peers were two different things in some ways. Um, I mean, geez. I mean, the thing is, is that I was very integrated in the music industry already in some ways through my dad. Mm -hmm. So I met, I've met so many people earlier in, in my life than at that time. And at that time, I remember meeting, you know, uh, record company mates. And I wish I could remember some names who went on to, I mean, we met Lee Aaron. (laughs) Love her. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so there were few people at that time, but honestly, there were so many that I was meeting before that, that, that seem more influential. I don't know. I don't have a good answer to that question. Who else? Well, 
Now, what's the name of the guy that he he started Lululemon? He was in a boy band at Johnny Jet before he started Lululemon. I did not know that. Yeah. Really? I, I don't want to throw it any names and get them wrong, but yeah, look it up. <laughs> look it up. <laughs> what was one of your personal favorite West End Girls track? Maybe one that you figured should have been a single. Oh, geez. Good question. Um, let's see. Hmm. I really, I really enjoyed our Blondie cover. Dreamin'. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Um, I mean, she did it right the first time. She didn't need it covered, but it could have been a single again. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. It was good. Yeah. I understand that you uh, ended up touring at one point with Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, what's, what's started that and what kind of tour did you have together? You were the, were you a backing vocalist? I was, I was the backup vocalist and that was for almost eight years. That was a, that was a much bigger part of my, you know, lifespan than the West End girls were. Yeah. Um, and that was post West End Girls, um, not by too much time. It was, uh, yeah, that was an amazing experience to just go all over the world. And, and, and I met a lot more people during that because of all the Lilith fairs that we did. Right. So yeah, ended up, so that was, a that was a cool opportunity. Um, yeah, and it was an interesting transition too, cause I remember auditioning for it and and uh people know my my dad in the local music business and they know my sister also who's who's a couple years older than me and and was singing from you know an early age established herself and mm-hmm. and so i really didn't want to like i was so nervous and and i came from this girl group that we were constantly dealing with the whole millie vanilli potential we were mm-hmm. always you know, because it was so pop, there was always this suspicion. It was this new suspicion that just became a thing, right? Yeah. In the industry. And so, and we were doing all our vocals totally live all the time, but we were just up against that, right? And mm-hmm. um, and so when I got to do the audition for Sarah McLaughlin, who's this completely different, like, folky, um, at that time, especially folky artist who was all very musician based and serious and all this stuff. And, and so there was so much, I was so nervous because of that climate of everyone assuming that everything was like fake. And then I came from this band that was put together. It wasn't our inspiration. So that Mm. already sort of for in a lot of people's eyes just took away legitimacy in terms of musicianship and all of that. So, so yeah, that was a nervous transition. I can imagine, but it sounds like something that's, uh, you got a chance to really learn a lot from and develop your skills. Totally. It was an amazing place to develop the skills because doing it so many years in a row and, and, and touring so heavily, you just learn a lot. Mm -hmm. Now that you're a vocal coach, how long have you been doing that now? So I've been doing that for 20 years now. It's kind of crazy. 
Yeah. Um, so that keeps me really busy and it feels very full circle because I've done so many weird and crazy things in the music industry and then been in so many, so many challenging situations, both technically, but also just like, you know, just in how to navigate the music industry is half of what I offer sometimes with some students. So it's, it's great. It's very, very full circle. Yeah, that's actually what a valuable uh, a bit of information that would be for any student, especially because in most vocal lessons, you don't get that kind of experience to draw Ex upon. Ex exactly. It's yeah. so it's something I can bring to the table. And I really, really empathize for people feeling sort of lost at sea in the industry because it is it's a toughie. There's no there's no manual. There's no certification there's no people are just not raised by qualified experts and then and then sent yeah. out into the industry it's just it's pretty dog eat dog and does not come with a manual mm -hmm. do you so, have a do you have a full roster of clients at this time or i do i call it full because it's all i can handle and have balance in the rest of my life that's um, good yeah no it's great it's it's been yeah. really busy and uh yeah it's amazing it's it's done really well i'm passionate about it so so i'm i'm, I'm happy to help as many people as i can good um do you keep in touch obviously you keep in touch with silvana so that's really awesome right yeah yeah, Good. I keep in touch with Sylvana and I haven't have not seen Amy in a million years. Yeah. But uh, I was sort of hoping. I was like, maybe the three of us will do this. That'd be so that incredible. That would have been cool if we could all do it at the same time. It would be hard yeah. with everyone's schedules, but I'm just yeah. glad that you guys took the time individually. It's it means a lot to me. It's gonna be Aww. a great episode. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have any regretful fashion choices from the 90s or photo shoots where you were like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I wore that? Uh, I mean, I, yes. I mean, don't we all? <laughs> <That's true. laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the weird boxy, those huge shoulder pads in the suit jackets with the big blocks of red and black and white. I just wasn't that like imagine. the album the back of the album that's right yeah yeah i mean yeah i feel like i could not possibly wear that again <laughs> but it was a time and place thing right it was yeah. not like it was not the weirdest thing to wear at the time <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's, that's very true, true. yeah <laughs> yeah now, um what kind of food or fashion trend clothing item etc toy maybe would make you nostalgic for the 90s oh well i feel like the croissant is very 90s did that not is it just me or was do you remember the bread garden no restaurant oh the bread is garden a, is this a it, bc thing it I'm might sure. well we might not have had it in edmonton I'm yeah not maybe sure. not well there was this big surge of uh of restaurants called the bread garden and all of a sudden croissants were available everywhere and maybe they always were but it just became <laughs> something that i noticed um what else oh i love croissants if i can croissants have a sandwich with the croissants i'll usually pick that They're amazing 
And like Baskin Robbins ice cream. How about mm. that? Yeah. Yes. Timeless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I mean, can you find a Baskin Robbins now? Like, where are they? In Vancouver anyway. It's just oh. like, they're just disappeared. There is one in West Edmonton Mall. Okay. At, on Bourbon Street. I think it's still there. Okay. But, but I try to avoid going to that mall when I can. <laughs> <laughs> when you live here, it's just like, oh, that's like the last place I want to go shopping. But, you know. Yeah. It's still nice. Yeah. And, and troll toys. For some reason, I had a lot of those really random troll toys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for the longest time, I hung on to one of them. I cleared the rest out, but I hung on to one. I kept it in the freezer so that every time I'd open the freezer, I'd get a nice little surprise with that poof of blue hair. That's I've been so thinking cute. about that troll lately. I'm like, why don't I have a troll in the freezer? What's, <laughs> what is wrong with me at this point? That's so cute. <laughs> but yeah, they, they were huge. They were everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Camille, for spending the time with me today. I'm glad you can make oh, this you're happen. You're welcome. You're welcome. Have a great time putting it all together. And I, uh, I look forward to hearing what you come up with. After these messages, we'll be right back. Dope Nostalgia listeners, I love you and I thank you so much for being a part of this show and its success over the last two years. We have what's called Patreon for those who want to support the show financially. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a subscriber and get bonus content, early podcast release, all kinds of cool behind the scenes stuff, and more. There's different tiers of membership starting at only $1 a month. And we even have some special merch for you guys who are in it for the long run. So please join our Patreon. It's at www.patreon.com forward slash dope nostalgia. Hi, Tarzan, Dan, and yo, 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 what do you know? We got TV's hype, it's video show, fresh and in the flesh, the best videos a week to make you freak. It's a hit list. Mm -hmm. I'll be eyeballing for you on the hit list. Choose the best, forget the rest, Saturdays at 6. On YTV. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for spending the time with me today. I had the lovely opportunity to talk with the uh, other ladies as well. So I think it's really oh, cool. Oh, you that, did? Yeah. I think it's oh, really nice. cool. The, the original three. Yes. So, Savannah and Camille, you mean? Exactly. I'm so stoked that you guys all, this is going to be a great episode. Just the fact that we could get <laughs> awesome. you all on I can't it. wait. So, and I was <laughs> telling them too, as a tween, I saw you live when you guys opened for Roxette. Yes. You know, I had your tape and I felt that the your music and, and the way you guys presented yourselves was such a great influence for young ladies like myself Thank at you. the time. Yes. Now, what, what was your experience getting into the group originally? Um, okay. Well, I, there was, there was a, um, a place called Plaza, uh, Plaza Nations in, um, downtown Vancouver. And they, they had, uh, just the background music of songs you want. It's kind of like a karaoke bar, but they, they would record your vocals onto the track. Yeah. And so, uh, I came in and, um, just for fun, I just, I love singing in the shower. I was a shower singer. So I, um, I loved, uh, you know, I was really into Debbie Gibson, New Kids on the Block, Paul Abdul. Um, and so I went in and I wanted to sing. And, and Tiffany as well. She was one of my oh. favorites. 
Oh yes. man, he was one I of my favorites. So we so, had all the same favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I love the song. I think we're alone now. <laughs> so I went in and I sang the song. And uh, when I came out, he said, "Oh, you know, uh, these people are looking for to to form a group, a girls group. Um, I think you'd be a great candidate. I think you should really audition." So I did. And uh, yeah, and then I got a 50-page contract two weeks later. Wow. Just like that. <laughs> Just like that. I'm not a classical singer. I, you know, I didn't play any instruments. I just love to sing, period. Mm. So I got this 50-page contract. Uh, I think I was 15 at the mm -hmm. time. Um, yeah, and uh, that was one of my dreams is to to sing and, and, and do this beyond camera, do videos and, and, and all that. And it came true. Yeah. So of course it's a yes. When you, yeah. get a 50, when you get a 50 page contract as a 15 year old, do you have to like to hire an entertainment lawyer or something to go over it with you? Or like, uh, how does that even work? We, we did have one. And also my parents uh, had to read through it. So I really didn't know the logistics of it. I just wanted to sign it. <laughs> give me the paper <laughs> let me Let's sign it <laughs> well when you're that age all you want to do is make the music make it happen right so yeah 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 so when 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 I started when I did the audition um and when I got the contract they they called me and said okay well can you come down to the studio um I want you to meet uh one of the girls that we've picked as well so the first one I met was was it Camille or was it Sylvana hold on uh I think it was Camille and then Sylvana came mm -hmm. afterwards. Um, she was in a group called the Big Bottom Swing. Nice. You know that? Did you see her too? I did. Did talk you see to that her. band? Yeah. You know, <laughs> did, you see, did you see the band? Like when she no, was I haven't seen the band. No. Oh, okay. I gotta look she it up. A, yeah, she was in a band, band called the Big Bottom Swing before she uh, got into the Western Girls. So, so, yeah. So I met Camille and then Sylvana and then things things went off from there what was your experience like recording in the studio for the first time when you did the debut oh my album gosh. it was so exciting um <laughs> okay so we recorded at the little mountain sound in vancouver legendary remember, studio yes and i remember yeah it was so legendary um and i remember i think the first or the second day i was there uh one of the girls said oh my gosh John Bon Jovi's here. What? Yeah. I said, are you serious? So he was there when I, when we were recording our album. So he was in the, uh, the lounge area. Um, when I had my little break and he was, I did not know what to say. I was like, <laughs> I was just starstruck. I was like, holy cow, John Bon Jovi's here. And yeah, it was it was a great experience. And Bill Henderson was there, um, you know, Camille's dad, who was in Chilliwack. You knew yes. that, right? Yes. Yeah. He was our vocal arranger. So the experience there was was amazing. I will never forget it. That's what taken and learned so much about how to do your craft, which is cool. Oh, it was it was yeah. awesome. I just love to hear the the harmonies come together and my favorite part was when a song was finished and I would hear it in the studio and in my headphones. It was, I loved it. <laughs> Isn't that the best feeling? <laughs> oh yeah. It was the best feeling. Like, especially the very first single that we did was not like kissing you. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was, it was 
it was great, like listening to the final product and, and thinking, oh my gosh, this is our first single. Um, you know, cause I was, I was basically, I wasn't really uh, into p- bubblegum pop music before. Uh, at that age, I was, <laughs> I, was re- I was, I was really into R&B. Mm. Now my music, my taste in music is totally opposite because R&B <laughs> nowadays is not the same. It's not. <laughs> no. No. You know, I Joe miss C- yeah, me too. I do too. I still listen to the old stuff. I can't, I can barely listen to uh the the new stuff now. Mm-hmm. New music, the new RB, the new rap. Oh gosh. You're My not son. Alone. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My oldest son is 19 and um he would just crank up that rap music and I would literally crank it back down. Can you you wait till I leave the room, please? (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. I mean, you guys are going on tours. You're, you're out there doing like probably playing at much music, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who, who did you get to meet? Uh, Of course, John Bon Jovi, but peers in the industry that you got to bond with and who influenced you, who did you get to meet that really affected you? Uh, who did I get to meet? Um, well, Brian Adams. I remember when we opened for Roxette, um, the first night in Vancouver, um, he sent us all of us flowers. So that was nice. Um, who else did I meet? I don't know. Well, I know that I, I, I met, uh, the Backstreet Boys, uh, this was after, um, we, We've met, oh, I'm, I'm going blank here. I don't even know. I don't remember now. Um, I have a really bad member, memory, by the way. Um, who else did we meet? Um, just Canadian artists, uh, David Usher. David mm-hmm. Usher, he dated Sylvana. Yeah. You know that, right? Now I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yeah, and I also am friends with the uh, uh, Wanye Morris. Oh, boys from, to men. Yeah, boys to men. Uh, I haven't talked to him for a very long time now, but um, we we were talking for a few years. Uh, who else did I meet? Um, I don't know. To be honest, like I, there was so there's so many I forgot now. And plus so Honestly, much is happening at that time. It's certain, I'm sure yeah. it was a whirlwind, right? Well, it was a very long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was decades ago. It's true. I am I'm literally feel like a grandma now, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your favorite like West End Girls track? Like the one that you wish would have been a single that wasn't. Million Shades of Love, State of the Heart, and mm-hmm. Anything to Make You Mine. We got three. I love that. Mm-hmm.
is it about those songs that you love so much? Um, they just had a real good feeling to it. It was just uh, anything to make you mine was. Oh, actually, sorry. Uh, that was the second group. That was yeah. the second because I'm the original. Yes. So anything to make you mine. Yeah, that was Janelle's uh, lead. The first album, Million Shades of Love. I really enjoyed performing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's very, very bubblegum pop, but I actually enjoyed performing that song a lot. Uh, I want you back. I want you yeah. back was uh, my my uh, solo. Yes. That was really fun to. Uh, that was fantastic perform. job, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Not as good as Michael Jackson, but you know, <laughs> I tried. <laughs> You did well. You held it up. You did great. Yeah, I did. Thank you. <laughs> now tell me about when things changed. Janelle and Celia Louise joined, and then you came out with a second album, and you were yeah. you were you remained with them together. Um, yes. The second album coming out was it a different vibe completely? Totally. Just with the new ladies. It was a totally different vibe. Yeah. Um. Um. It was a little bit more, not R&B-ish, but just more upbeat. Um, the thing is, okay, I'll, I'll be honest with you. We didn't really have much say yeah. in, uh, you know, the, the songs. I felt like we were a bit like puppets, you know. This is what you're saying. This is what, where, where you're going, you know. Um, we weren't really, um, to be honest, we weren't really allowed to to write yeah yeah so i I mean i had i had a lot of ideas uh but you know i wasn't going to take my chance and ruining my chances with you know making albums and putting out music and all that yeah kind of just seeing where things would progress from there at that point yeah 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 after that uh this second west end girls i actually was in d crew Yes, I have. I was going to ask you about D Crew and that experience. <laughs> yeah, D Crew was different. It was. It was. It was different. Um, I. I wished. Okay. So now I'm getting older. In this group, and I felt like I wanted to, you know, contribute to, to the tracks, to the music. But again, it was the same company, mm-hmm. and. I couldn't really, really do what I wanted to do, what I wanted to sing, how I wanted it to sound, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to, you know, but, uh, I wish I had more say period. You wanted to express yourself artistically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I couldn't, neither could anybody else. So, mm-hmm. um, so because of that, I think that's why it didn't really, it didn't really do as, as, as well, to be honest with you. Um, everybody had their own thing. Like everybody was so different in that group. Are you talking about Deco? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everybody was, you know, so, uh, it was just a, it was a little strange to me, like the whole thing. Um, but yeah, it didn't last very long. And then after that, I just did some, you know, of my own uh, on, on the side after that was done. 
And I felt like I felt so much better because I had more say in my music. But the thing is, is I, when I started doing that, I was pregnant with my first. And so, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to be the best mom I could be. So I, I can't really, I couldn't really concentrate and give my music 100% with starting a family. So, and mm-hmm. that's, that's what happened here. I am now. Um, I've done a couple uh, projects where I, I actually wrote uh, the choruses and the melody for a couple songs. Um, and they haven't mixed it yet. But and then I still have maybe a couple more recording sessions. Uh, but I'm not really I'm not in it to be famous, obviously. I'm I'm just I just love to sing and I love music. So I decided to do it um, because I miss being in the studio, uh, you know, having the headphones on and just have it like that. The harmonies blend and and just listening to just my own, my own, my own, my own music. Yeah. So I, so. Right now, I'm just concentrating on being a mom, and um, I want to start to get into it more. Like, I want to get into music more. I just have to find the time to do it. That's Mm -hmm. the only thing. Yeah. Fair enough. Especially, like, the the passion is still there, and you need that outlet, you know? Just a creative outlet. Right. The definite passion is is still there. I think about it all the time. Yeah, I do. And I remember um, I got a hold of our ex-producer slash manager. And I had this dream that the Western girls got back together again. Yeah. (laughs) Because I always loved 80s, 90s music. So I was I was thinking of 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 writing a song that has that feel to it. And um, so when I talked to the producer, he said, well, you know, we're willing to do it. Do you think Camille and, and uh, Silvana will be willing to do it? And, and I said, I'm not too sure. I haven't talked to them in a while. So I talked to them for a bit. So everybody's kind of in their own worlds right now. So it's not the time right now, obviously. You'll know if but, the time happens, right? Yeah, ho- hopefully in the future. If, if that'd it line, be If it lines yeah, up. But, when we're 60 years old and have no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy even if you're making your own music right now. And, and even if you like just do it for fun and it's just throwback and it feels good because honestly, my podcast, we're going to support you on whatever you're going to do. So Aww, thank you so, so much. So if you start making some music, you know, I'll keep in the loop and I'd love to promote it for you. And I will send it, I will definitely send it to you. Uh, it, it, it is like a huge difference between, even though the Western Girls was such a, a big group in, in, in Canada, hmm. and I just, the difference is when I'm making my own music, it's just a, it's, it's just a different feeling, you know? Yeah. And I feel proud and I feel good about, this is my song. This is, I wrote this mm-hmm. um, compared to, oh, I'm just, this is what I have to learn. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's your baby. It's, it's important to like, it feels so much different and better when it's your own song. I totally understand yeah. that. 
yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's a totally different vibe to um, it's music that I actually love to sing. Not, I'm not saying that I didn't like to sing our songs. It's just that it wasn't really me a hundred percent, you know? It makes complete yeah. sense. No, I think there's a lot of artists who've been in the same position you've been where it's like, it's so freeing to do your own material because it's just part of you and it's sharing that with the world. Right. Yeah. And it just feels so much better. Um, coming from my heart is actually coming from my heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I, so I would, I would love to send you the finished products once I'm done. Good. Good. And I'll be <laughs> happy to promote whatever you'd like to play. We'll play it on the show. Thank you so much. And I love your page by the way. Oh, thank you. you like, <laughs> do you like my little new kids adventures I've been posting? With? I do. I do. I really do. And oh yeah, by the way, we were all wearing bras in, on all of our uh, videos. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I spoke to you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, to yeah. wrap things up, I was going to ask you about what food or fashion trend, clothing item, toy, anything would make you nostalgic for the 90s. Ooh, my hoops and the, and the, the headband and Le Chateau all the way. Le Chateau. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I swear. Like that was my whole like teenage young adult life was everything was Le Le Chateau. Chateau. Le Chateau. Yep. Yep. Le Chateau and the headband that I always wore and my silver hoop earring. I remember, uh, one of my friends, um, little cousin, loved us and every time i went over there she had the he- she had the headband and the silver or the hoop earrings on mm-hmm. <laughs> bigger the better right <laughs> i love really- that yeah <laughs> well thank you so much for your time today amy it was a pleasure to get uh, to know you and talk you. to you thank you so much as well it was a pleasure to talk to you an email dope nostalgia podcast at gmail.com twitter nostalgia dope or on insta dope underscore nostalgia this podcast is licensed